This is NBA Sound System Live, featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at NBASoundSystem.com for more. Now, NBA Sound System Live. Yes, indeed. NBA Sound System Live. And maybe a little bit weird that we're coming to you on a Monday rather than our normal spot, Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. But we're here to preview the play-in tournament, Scott. We are here to preview the play-in tournament. Carlin Gay alongside Scott Rafferty. Plenty to talk about on this episode. Eight teams, four games. It is going to be, or six games rather, for four spots. It is going to be wild, Scott. Uh, how you feeling? I'm feeling very excited. Um, you know, last season was the first time that we we got to see this play-in tournament, and it's it's been revamped for this season. And you know, we, we've heard from Luka Doncic and LeBron James about how they feel about this play-in tournament. But I mean, we're getting Lakers Warriors in one of the play-in tournament games, so I think the league is quite happy right now. Um, and I'm very excited for that game and the others. So it, it's 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 going to be a good week. I keep hearing that the, the league is quite happy about how the play-in tournament kind of shook out with the you know teams that are going to be involved, the eight teams that are going to be involved for in each conference. But I think fans should be quite happy with what's going on because now you have 10 teams that could potentially make the playoffs. Uh, we're officially in the postseason. I don't want to call it the playoffs yet, but it is the postseason. It's a play-in. It's kind of that in-between before you get to the real playoffs, which begin on, uh, I don't want to call it the real playoffs either because that's a little bit disrespectful to the teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. But the playoffs proper will begin on the 22nd of May. But up first, Indiana and Charlotte uh, in game number one, that's going to be on TNT. And then the Wizards and Boston in game number two. Again, that's on TNT beginning at 6.30 Eastern time, a little earlier start on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, we have the battles out west. We see Memphis and San Antonio, 7.30 Eastern on ESPN. And then, of course, the big one, which you referenced, Scott, 10 p.m. Eastern time. I know a ton of people are going to be watching. Lakers and Warriors, uh, the winner of that one gets the seventh seed in the Western Conference and a date with the Phoenix Suns. So let's start there. That is the game that I think everyone is waiting for. It's going to be the last of the four games. LeBron versus Steph, AD versus Draymond, Kyle Kuzma versus Andrew Wiggins. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that might be fair to say. But yeah, this is probably a, uh, a showdown of the duos. I think it might be the best way to put it. Yeah, it, it definitely is, and it is a uh, opportunity to take uh, take on the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the playoffs. You also get the important thing here is I think when you look at it from a fan perspective, it's like ah, we're we're in the playing tournament. We're we're gonna be um, you know fodder for whoever's in the first or second seed, whether it's on either conference. But the benefit of winning the first playing game is you get the extended break. You don't have to come back and play uh, on Thursday or Friday, giving you the shorter window for rest. That's tough. The loser of this game is going to be really up against it, uh, you know, playing the winner of the 9-10 matchup. So I think for the Lakers and Warriors, they would both benefit from extended rest. We know the injury history with the Lakers. We know they've had problems down the stretch here. AD hasn't been healthy all year. He's starting to get back there. LeBron's ankle, we're still worried about it in some in some people's minds. And then also Schroeder getting back into shape after missing time with health and safety protocols. They just haven't looked right in the last month and a half. But if they win this game on Wednesday night and defeat the Warriors, they then have three days, maybe even four, to get it right and also get their team together and start a game plan to try 
try and attack the Phoenix Suns. Same thing goes for the Warriors. Steph has been on a breakneck pace. He played a lot of minutes in that Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon clash uh, between the Memphis Grizzlies and, and the Warriors. He played 38 minutes in that game, and those were a hard 38. Dylan Brooks was chasing him and being physical all over the place. He could benefit from an extra three or four-day rest. So this is a huge game for both these teams. It is, and to build on that with Curry, I, I don't think it's fair. I think it's kind of unfair to call the Warriors a one-man team because they're still a team full of NBA players, and Draymond Green is awesome. Andrew Wiggins has had a probably his, the best season of his career. But, I mean, you just look at what Steph has been doing since the start of April – He's averaging a shade under 40 points a game, 37.1 points per game since the start of April on 49% shooting from the field, 44 from three, and 90% from the free throw line. Like, I mean, we already talked about it a little bit a few weeks ago. It felt like the, just April alone was one of the, the great, it might have been the greatest shooting stretch, honestly, we've ever seen in NBA history. And, you know, they needed every ounce of it to kind of get into this position to begin with. And, and have this opportunity. So yeah, they, they would absolutely benefit from a little bit of a break because it's not going to get any easier for either team, right? Um, whether it's the Warriors or Lakers that come out of this, they have to play a Suns team that's been awesome on both ends of the court this season. And sure, they don't have a ton of playoff experience, but they still have Chris Paul. They still have, you know, a, a two-time All-Star and a potential All-NBA candidate in Devin Booker. They're nasty defensively. They got a ton of length in Mikel Bridges, um, DeAndre Ayton. Like th- this Suns team is no joke. So whichever team comes out of it, it's not going to get any easier in their, their first round series in the playoffs, um, which just adds all the excitement to this game. And I, I mean, it, they're, they're lucky that this isn't, it, it's a win or go home game without quite being a win or go home game because either one of them can, can lose this one and still make the playoffs. Um, but to your point, if they can get the extended break, I, I think they'd sign up for that. That's why I think both teams will be going extremely hard in this game, not just to make the playoffs, but get that extended rest. And, um, you know, when I look at what I how I think this game is going to go. And by the way, full disclosure, I'm picking the Lakers in this game. I think the Lakers will beat the Warriors in a one game playoff series, if we want to call it that. Um, And the reason why is and, and I think that what would be the key to the game is what the Warriors do when Steph Curry is not on the floor. Um, in throughout the season, uh, it hasn't looked pretty anytime Steph has taken a rest. Um, when he's on the floor, the Warriors are outscoring opponents by 4.6 points per, per 100 possessions. When he sits, they're being outscored by 5.6 points per 100 possessions. In the 8 9 uh, game battle uh, against Memphis, Steph Curry, when he was on the floor, the Warriors are outscoring the gold, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies by close to 17 points per 100 possessions. When he sat, they were being outscored by close to 12 points per 100 possessions. <laughs> that is not good. And he only sat for eight minutes. So that is an, a disaster of an eight minutes to be seen uh, by the Golden State Warriors. They basically fell apart uh, when Steph Curry was not on the floor in the one game scenario. And I do have a similar, I do have a feeling that, that it's, it's going to look similar against the Lakers. The Lakers do have. Uh, a, a deeper team. There's no question about that. They do have the ability to have LeBron James and Anthony Davis stagger their their minutes and, and their rest. So you always have at least one of them on the floor, and I think that's valuable. Whereas, uh, you know, Draymond Green, Draymond Green is great, and he's he's terrific. He's had a, you know he, he kind of looks back. He's looking like the prime Draymond, right? Like he's getting he's had an incredible season. I don't think people realize that they're going to start to because he's now more in the national spotlight, but. 
he's not the score, right? He's not going to be able to tick the score continuously over. He'll be able to stop, uh, you know, people, but he's not going to be able to tick the score over offensively. And he does do some things that can create offense. Great passer. Uh, he's so intelligent with the ball in his hands. But it, it just it, Steph Curry is just a different beast, and there really isn't anyone uh, that could provide you that scoring punch on the Warriors, or at least give you half of what he brings to the table. So it is going to be tough for the Warriors to stay in the game when Steph is on the bench. I think that's the key to the game. That's why I have the Lakers because I don't think they're going to be able to do it in that one game scenario. Um, what what say you when you look at this Wednesday night matchup? By the way, th- those on off splits for Curry that was basically his. He's not going to win MVP, but that's basically like his MVP candidacy, um, the Spark Notes version of it. And also on the Draymond Green side of things, the fact that this Warriors team had the fifth most efficient defense in the league this season is absolutely absurd considering their personnel and just speaks to how incredible Draymond is still on that end of the court. Um, like you, I, I do give the Lakers the, the edge in this matchup. I'm very curious. I mean, the Lakers were a monster defensively all season long. They had the best defense in the league, despite LeBron and AD being in and out of the lineup. And, you know, kind of like we saw last season, this is not the exact same roster, but they do have the personnel to kind of adapt depending on which team they're playing. Um, I'm I'm very curious to see how they come out and defend Steph Curry. Like, are we just going to see a box and one all game? Are they going to throw two defenders at him and basically just let every any anyone else beat them, even if that means you know taking a risk on Wiggins going for for thirty forty points? Uh, I'm just going with that. But also, I'm I'm interested to see kind of how one what they what their starting lineup is and two how long they start with it. And this specifically means are they going to try Andre Drummond out there? Or are they going to just start with Anthony Davis at the five, um, knowing that if you have any sort of weakness defensively, that Steph Curry and Draymond Green are going to pick that apart relentlessly and almost force you to take that guy off the court. And that's not to say that Drummond is not a capable defender. He's a fantastic rebounder. He's consistently among the the, the best steal percent like steal rates and block rates at the center position. Like he he has tools. But this is just not a good matchup for anyone who is basically a traditional center, which is what he is. So. I'm very curious on those both those fronts to see kind of how they handle that. But ultimately, look, as long as LeBron is is pretty much healthy and AD, um, who got off to a really slow start when he came back from that that calf injury, but he, he seems like he's kind of found his stride in the last few games of the season. As long as those two are healthy and ready to go, I, I do think they have to be considered the favorite for this game. But, I mean... Steph Curry's unreal. Just what I mean, we, we know this, we knew this coming into the season, but what he's done this season is just a reminder of his greatness. And to be quite frank, I don't think anyone would be surprised if we're, what, this game's on Wednesday, if we wake up Thursday morning um, and we're talking about Steph Curry just dropped 45 points and the Warriors won a, in a four point game or something like that, just because of how incredible I, he is. But I would be but sure, I would be shocked. I would be shocked if that was the case. Even if he scores 45, I still have the Lakers winning this game. It's funny. I, I, I will move on to the next game here shortly. But it's funny. I was laughing at Draymond Green's post game press conference um, that explicit laden press conference that or not press <laughs> conference, rather that explicit related uh, interview that he had on uh, the local broadcast uh for with the warriors and uh it, it was funny he was talking about how most teams try to let their big man go at him and he kind of turns them back i'm obviously paraphrasing because i'm not going to say what he said but 
I looked at the numbers and Jonas Valanciunas went nuts. I mean, the dude had 29 and 16. What are you what are you talking about here, Draymond? This is this is going to be an issue for the Warriors because the, the Warriors, uh, the Lakers don't just have one guy. Now you mentioned Andre Drummond, uh, a great rebounder. The Warriors are going to be vulnerable to those offensive rebounds, and it's going to be a you know a team uh, rebounding effort to try and stop both AD and Andre Drummond and also their guards who are also really good rebounders you know they can't give up six offensive rebounds to to the to the Lakers on Wednesday night to just one player like you understand Valanciunas had six on his own um the, the the Grizzlies as a team had 12 overall I think that is the two uh you know big numbers that you could look at in this one game scenario Lakers win for me um unless Steph Curry plays all 48 or or if the Warriors bench absolutely plays out of their mind while he's he's taking a breather so um, I expect the the Lakers to move on, which makes me think, and and, I, and, and you said you, you expect the Lakers to move on to uh, as well. So let's quickly look at what they have if they do move on, and that's the Phoenix Suns. You briefly touched on them. They almost locked in the first seed in the Western Conference. They fell short by a game, and uh, I think this is kind of punishment for them. They had an incredible season. Um, everyone's, you know, I think Monty Williams is in the discussion for Coach of the Year. Uh, I had Chris Paul in discussion for MVP. I don't think he's there anymore. I think you know he's at this point now where um, the, the MVP discussion is already over. Jokic is going to win it, and then everyone's kind of battling for second. Doesn't matter if Chris Paul finished second, third, or fourth. He's not going to be the MVP award winner. Um, but I think the Suns they need to win a playoff series for this season to mean something for them. I think, uh, especially I mean, expectations are changed. And I think you have to change expectations because if you came into the year and someone told you that, Hey, the Phoenix Suns would have this great year, great turnaround, win 51 games, but get bounced in the first round. I think maybe, maybe most Suns fans, because it's been so bad for them would say that is great. We would take that. But now expectations are different. This is a team that looks like is good enough that could get to the conference finals at the very least. If they get bounced in the first round, it would be tragic for them. The Lakers are a bad matchup for the Phoenix Suns, and uh, they need to be a little nervous. If I was them and their fan base, I would be rooting for the Golden State Warriors to beat the Lakers on Wednesday night. But we'll see what happens. Phoenix is waiting for both of those teams to play on Wednesday night, as are we. And it should be a thrilling matchup. Now, you're looking at, first off, the Hornets and Pacers, uh, and then the Wizards and Celtics. Like, Let's look at the Hornets and Pacers first off. The Hornets and Pacers, uh, both teams kind of back you know, backsliding into the postseason. The Pacers have had a ton of injuries all year, but they do have a real opportunity here to get into the postseason as an eighth seed. And playing the first game at home uh, kind of lends to their favor because they've been a really good, a decent home team. I don't want to say really good. They've been a decent home team uh, this season. They've played a lot of teams tough uh, when you look at what they've done throughout the year. Uh, and I think now with one, in a one game scenario, they got a bunch of guys that are going to scrap. You look at uh, you, you look at you look Sabonis. Sabonis is a man. That man is a monster. Bonafide double double. He's going to give you everything he can uh, in the post. And I look at the Hornets roster, and I just don't see anybody that's going to be able to contend with Sabonis. Lamelo Ball is great. Uh, he's having a terrific year and should win Rookie of the Year. But you know. 
Demonis Sabonis, uh, you know, in, in the last game of the season, again, 25 and 16, five assists, three steals, was a beast against the Raptors. And, and he's starting to get some contribution from some of the other players on his roster. Doug McDermott is starting to find his stroke. O'Shea Brissett had the big game in the final day. And you still have Karis Levert, who, by the way, he can easily go for 30 on any given moment. So I am looking for the Pacers to get past the Hornets uh, and move into that second play-in game, which will be played on Thursday night. So give me the Pacers in that Hornets-Pacers matchup. And when I move to the Celtics and the Wizards, I'm going with the Wizards here. Is there a hotter team in the NBA right now than the Washington Wizards? I mean, all of the mess that happened to them at the start of the year, they were you know, ravaged by injury and also health and safety protocols due to the pandemic. This team had to you know, postpone games, reschedule games get back on track. They were a disaster to start the season, but they've battled back and and they finally gotten healthy. And the way that Russell Westbrook's playing, the way that we know that Bradley Beal could score and Rui Hachimura has been quietly having a, a decent season here to close out. He's looking very comfortable in his second NBA season. Uh, I'm, I'm going with the Wizards here. I think the Wizards have enough to get past the Celtics. Celtics are just, you know, bad luck, bad timing. The Jalen Brown injury really hurts. And I don't think Evan Fournier has really kind of acclimated to Boston yet. So I, I'm going Wizards there um, in, in that second play in game. And then finally, the third play in game, I think that Grizzlies loss to the Warriors, it really deflated them. They wanted to play in that eighth seed they wanted to play the lakers for that seven eighth matchup steph curry absolutely uh you know crushed their dreams with his play and his performance and i don't think the grizzlies are going to have enough to get back up uh because that was an emotional loss folks that really was i don't think the grizzlies are going to have enough to get back up and defeat the spurs the spurs are coming in while this isn't the, your your father Spurs, it, it isn't the Spurs franchise where we just saw Hall of Famer Tim Duncan enter. Uh, we know they had Manny Ginobili, to, uh, Tony Parker probably will join him in the Hall of Fame one day. It, it, this isn't that. Um, you know, Lonnie Walker ain't Tim Duncan. Uh, Dejounte Murray ain't uh, Tony Parker. This isn't that squad. But they are still coached by Popovich, Greg Popovich. And in a one-game scenario, I think Pop will create an atmosphere and a game plan that his team could go out and execute. And the Grizzlies and Doris Burke said this on the broadcast multiple times uh, when they were playing the Warriors on Sunday. The Grizzlies just don't shoot enough three-pointers. They're 30th or rather 24th in the league in three-pointers. And guess what? Uh, The Spurs are not much better. Uh, They are, you know, below, uh, way below league average in terms of three-point shots. But they do have the ability to to go out there and score at a high level, does San Antonio. And like I said, Greg Popovich is a coach. Uh, who can create a great game plan and uh, and have his team go out there and execute it. So I do expect the Spurs to get past the Grizzlies, and I think that might be the only upset we see. I, I have all the uh, the two the two road teams rather, um, which is Washington and Boston. And even though Boston's you know the home team there, they're definitely underdogs coming into this one. Washington is the better team, uh, but I do have the Spurs defeating the Grizzlies, even though Vegas disagrees they are four point favorite there uh the grizzlies are but i do have the spurs coming in and i just don't see how the grizzlies could get back up emotionally after they lost to the uh warriors on on sunday uh so those are my picks for the play-in tournament um we we will see them over the next couple of days again we have the 
the the starting with the Indiana Pacers and the Charlotte Hornets on Tuesday at six. 30 Eastern, note the early start, you catch that on TNT, and then the second half of that doubleheader on Tuesday is the other half of that Eastern Conference playing tournament, it's Boston, it's Washington, that starts at 9, the loser of the Boston-Washington game will play the winner of the Pacers-Hornets game, so loser of the Pacers-Hornets game will look towards the offseason, that will be it for their season, on the west side, west coast, we have the Lakers taking on the Warriors. That starts on Wednesday. Uh, that's 10 p.m. That's the second half of the ESPN doubleheader. The first game will be the Grizzlies and Spurs. The loser of that Grizzlies-Spurs game will be out, and that will be it for their regular season or season in general. The winner of that game will play the loser of the Lakers-Warriors in the second play-in game, which will go down on Friday night. Um, we were going to talk about our most interesting playoff series in the first round. And for me, I, th- I have only one place to look. And it's a series that I p- predicted an upset a year ago. If you remember here, right here on NBA Sound System, I predicted that the Miami Heat would defeat the Milwaukee Bucks. And we get an opportunity to see that series again, this time not in the second round. But in the first round, it feels a little bit weird that we're getting a first round series between these two teams. Um, I would expect these two teams to play in the second round. I would expect them to play in the conference finals. But here we are. We're going to have them in the first round, Miami and Milwaukee. Uh, We we know the story between these two teams. Like I said, the upset came a year ago. Uh, Miami used that and really springboarded through that to get to the finals. Um, they played terrific basketball. They had a great game plan to slow down Giannis. Giannis wasn't able to really get going. Uh, and that series ended in five quick games. Uh, Giannis for that series d- wasn't good. You know, he, he was not good. Only averaged 21 points. And by his standards, that's not great. Uh, 11 rebounds. And, and, and that's really not going to get it done. He's going to have a have to have a better series this time around in the first round, and I think he's capable of it. Uh, I do think that the Heat don't have as much firepower defensively as they did a year ago, uh, so that will help Giannis. But secondly, I think he's just a more intelligent player. I'm talking about Giannis. He's more patient. He understands what Miami uh, is going to do to try and slow him down. And honestly speaking, this is going to be the second playoffs in a row that a team is going to try and slow Giannis down by employing a specific defense. We know that the year before that, the Toronto Raptors did that, locked Giannis up for four straight, not locked him up, but they slowed him down for a couple games and they were able to get past him in the conference finals. And we know last year uh, what the Miami Heat did to the Milwaukee Bucks in helping slow Giannis down and got them out of there in five games. I think Miami is still going to come out there and try to you know, show the same things that slowed Giannis down and Giannis had trouble with. And Giannis is going to have to prove it and prove to the rest of the league, essentially, that uh, he's learned from those lessons. He's, he's watched tape. He's added things to his game uh, that will mitigate that. So I do believe that that is the case. But secondly, on top of that, uh, Drew Holiday's there. And when you replace Drew Holiday with Eric Bledsoe, you now have uh, you know either a second or a third option behind Chris Middleton uh, as a bona fide player that knows how to get it done in the postseason on both ends of the floor. No one will knock Eric Bledsoe 
as a uh, a great defender, but he shot 33% from the field in that series against the Miami Heat. I don't expect Drew Holiday to have a poor shooting performance like that this time around in the postseason. So I do think that is the most compelling matchup in the first round of the playoffs as we head towards it. I don't know. I don't know whether or not uh, I have a, a prediction as yet. I do want to kind of let things breathe a little bit. The season just ended yesterday. I, I do want to look at both sides and, and what they can bring to the table. But I do expect this game, this series, to go to a game seven, and it's going to be really close. Um, my heart tells me Milwaukee's a better team than a year ago, but my head is telling me uh, that the Heat are still a really dangerous team in the playoffs with a very intelligent coach and coaching staff. Eric Spostra knows how to game plan. He's been in these series before, and he always seems to get the best out of his teams. Whether or not you think Miami is as good as it was a year ago doesn't matter because he's going to get the best out of his team, and it's going to be hard. Their ceiling's gonna, They're going to hit their ceiling, and it's going to be hard to get them out of the first round of the postseason. So that's the most intriguing matchup for me in the playoffs, which begin on the 22nd of May. I can't wait for it. I know you guys cannot either. Check your local license. I know TSN, or sorry, TSN in Canada, Sportsnet in Canada, uh, in the United States, TNT, ESPN got you covered. And outside of that, in Australia and, and India and everywhere else, NBA League Pass will have your back for all of the playoff action here in 2021. It's going to be fun. I can't wait till we get to it. Uh, you can stick with us right here on NBA Sound System to find out our thoughts. We'll be back in our regular slot next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, uh, to get you past the first weekend of the playoffs and also our thoughts on uh, the offseason for 14 teams that will be at that point. Uh, we'll be looking towards the offseason and potentially the draft. For my main man, Scott Rafty, I'm Carlin Gay. Again, keep it locked right here on NBA Sound System. If you missed anything, you can go in and get the podcast in full form, NBA Sound System, wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the play in tournaments. Enjoy the playoffs. Can't believe it's here. We'll see you next week right here on NBA Sound System. <laughs>